Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. It's your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and this is the podcast where we put happiness first. I help high-achieving, deeply passionate healthcare professionals like you rediscover their happiness and their freedom. Join me in conversations with experts to uncover our unique definition of happiness and answer the question, is there really such a thing as work-life balance? (laughs) If you've heard yourself saying, you know, I'll be happy when, well, my friend, the time is now. Time to step out of the busyness of your life and time to step into the business of happiness. Hello, and welcome back to the Business of Happiness podcast and Better Richer Stronger with Dr. Alan Stern and myself, Dr. Taryn McCarthy. And as always, today is going to be such a great day and such a great conversation because we are talking today, continuing our conversation and today really focusing on our definitions of success. So welcome back, Dr. Alan Stern. We're so happy to have you here. Taryn, it's great to be back. And isn't it interesting that we are wearing the exact same outfits today that we wore in our last conversation? (laughs) What a coincidence. (laughs) We just couldn't stop talking to one another. We had so much fun that we just wanted to continue this conversation. And really, Alan and I felt like this conversation of success, this definition of success is so pertinent in our profession in dentistry and in healthcare at the moment. And maybe now more than ever in terms of understanding what really matters and what is really valuable in our lives. So I'd love to know, Alan, kind of how have you looked at success? What is your definition of success? I've, that has evolved over my 41 and a half years in dentistry. And in fact, it's evolved since my childhood. Um, from childhood, I was programmed that success is being a doctor. Yeah, okay. Done. Yeah, done. That's it. You know, you hang out your shingle, you, uh, you do some stuff for about 20 or 30 years, you buy a boat and you, you retire and you sip mint, mint juleps on, on a patio. Mint juleps on a boat. And that evolved into scotch and bourbon, of course. But uh, (laughs) as my taste matured or degraded or got more expensive. um, But Earl Nightingale in the 20th century defined success as the progressive realization of a goal that's worthwhile. And that's pretty cool. I love that. Can you repeat that again? The progressive realization of a goal that is worthwhile. And Earl Nightingale was brilliant. The, the Probably the, the godfather of all motivational speakers was Earl Nightingale. But I, and, and I looked at that, and then I'm thinking, what's the goal? Hmm, there's a lot of worthwhile goals out there. Yeah, and I like that part, that, that caveat at the end, that is worthwhile. Yes, yes. And there are so many of them. Because and that's that, so subjective, too. It's so personal. Because what's very worthwhile personal. to you is maybe not yes. worthwhile to me. And then I encountered my dear friend, mentor, confidant, and, and business and speaking coach, the inimitable Mark LeBlanc. And Mark 
teaches us that success is getting more and more of what you want. Once again, the more and more is easy. Progressive realization is easy. Goal that is worthwhile and what you want is where the work comes in. Absolutely. And for me, um, you know, having suffered from comparison syndrome and perfection syndrome and scarcity syndrome and PMD that we talked about last time, perpetually miserable dentist, that's the disease that I discovered. Um, I realize that more, what do I want? I want tranquility. I want security. I want fun. And I don't want to kill myself getting it. So I want to practice dentistry as I see fit. Not as you do. Not as some of my great mentors who contribute to me. I want to practice. And after 41 years, I want to cut back from four to three to two. That's what I want. And what I want is to be a force for good, where, uh, to continue to improve as a force for good wherever I go, yeah. no matter how excellent or flawed I may be. No, it's beautiful. That makes me happy. Mm. Being with my wife, my kids, and my friends makes me happy. Mm. So I pursue my dentistry as I see fit. I pursue this other thing that you and I are, are pursuing on parallel tracks as I see fit. And I work hard, but I work happy. I love it. When I'm doing things like this, I'm not working, Taryn. I know. Isn't this so much fun? Yeah. And, you know, I think that the um, reading between the lines, and of course, you and I express this, is taking the time to understand what that is. Yeah. What is worthwhile? What is what you want? Because yep. sometimes we just put one foot in front of the other and live somebody else's algorithm of success because we yeah. think that's what we should want. And then wake up one day and realize, wait a minute, I have the boat and the scotch and the mint juleps and I'm miserable. Yeah. I got that. I did what I thought Alan told me to do in terms of finding success or living Alan's life. And then I realize, oh, wait a minute, this that's not what I want. So yeah. taking the time to ask yourself, what is it that feels worthwhile to me? Where are my values right now? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think it's interesting when you mentioned as you've aged, your definition of success has changed. Sure. One of the things you talked about was the number of days you practice dentistry. Mm hmm which is great because that's getting very specific about what you want, which is important. Specificity is so important in terms of understanding that goal, right? Because if the goal is just success, that's not actually defining what success looks like. And it reminds me that what I hear often from my coaching clients, and I'm sure from your coaching clients, is this need for quote-unquote work-life balance. Yeah. And I'm interested to understand your perspective and I'll share with you my perspective because my perspective is there is no such thing. I don't think that there is such a thing as balance. I, I can understand that that's what we think we want, but my perspective is some of the happiest times in my life was when that balance was way off. Yes. When I was 
creating and birthing a business. Like for me, that's valuable, not, not for everybody, but I love creating businesses. I love creating new business models. I love the creativity of it and the passion of it. I love pouring my energy and my attention and my dreams and my wake hours into it. And I think about when I had babies and I just wanted to step away from business and pour myself into this beautiful new child that I was just nurturing. There was no balance. Yeah. That was all in. And for yeah. me, enormous happiness. So I think that sometimes we get skewed with this term work-life balance. We think that's what we want, but really some of the moments that are most phenomenal are when there is no balance. We're yes. all in on something. And that might just be me. But what is your perspective on? on I, I couldn't agree with you more. I went down the Panky Institute back in 1994. And Dr. Panky's philosophy talks about a fulfilled life as being a balance of work, play, love and worship. <laughs> and that that is classic. That, that wasn't Panky's original. He got that. Oh, God, somebody's going to going to laugh at me. It's either Plato or Aristotle. I forget which of the classic Greek philosophers it was. And it is true that as we evolve in this knowledge that work, play, love, and worship, and worship does not necessarily mean your religion or mine. It could be anything that's greater than we are. Um, those are components of a good life. Um, Mark LeBlanc also taught me that your fun meter has to be on max while you're while you're living this life. So I feel very strongly that it's like driving a car. Where I get both hands in here. There we go. Driving a car is not this. You're going down a highway. You're not doing this. You're doing this. You're doing this. You're doing this. Right. You're you're constantly adjusting. Your correcting course. for those of yeah. you who are not watching this. You're listening as you drive. Oh, sorry. But what you're showing is your your course correcting. Yes. So I think, yeah, I mean, Fran and I, my wife and I love Las Vegas. That's our happy place where I get, we get to cut loose a little bit and live a little bit, a little crazy. And we're uh, totally out of whack there, totally out of whack. But our fun meter is on the max when we're out there. We just have fun. And maybe offline, I'll tell you some of the really funny <laughs> things we do out there, but um, not for publication. Um, not what you think, folks. Um, but I, I think it is constant correction. Absolutely. You can't you can't be in balance. Even when you're walking a tightrope, the tightrope walkers of the world are constantly shifting that balancing stick left to right, left to right, and shifting their weight. So, yeah, um, I, I think you need to include those elements to your definition of balance, not 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 either of ours. And even within the uh, journey of life, right? Because yeah. there's no way now at 45 years old that I want to pour my days into a baby. <laughs> I can't even yeah. imagine <laughs> yeah. raising an infant right now. And all you moms out there, I, I take tip my hat to you, moms and dads who are yeah. in the, the baby stage right now. It's phenomenal, but it's brutal, brutal and beautiful at the same time. 
Hey guys, I'm interrupting your podcast episode to let you know about an incredible new program that I'm launching in January of 2023. It is specifically for practitioners in medicine and dentistry to help you rediscover happiness and inner fulfillment within your profession and your life. I remember what it was like for me when years ago I was so depressed and anxious and feeling like I had created and built a treadmill I just couldn't get off of, pushing through every day and wishing my life away. This program is the how of how to find happiness in your practice and in your life because we know that when we feel good, that's when we can do good. Check out thebizofhappiness.com forward slash radical happiness or click the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see you there. You've mentioned Vegas there for a moment and I, I love that analogy because picturing you so happy, enjoying life, just living carefree for a moment in Vegas, I, I can feel the joy and the freedom in that. And interestingly, that sounds like a nightmare to me. I mean, to me, Vegas, I was just in Vegas last week, by the way, Alan. I saw that. Congratulations, by the way. That, and, that was um, great. I, you know, I was actually quite, found myself quite anxious there because I didn't have nature. I live in Maine, Alan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so every moment of my day is living in the woods. I live on 45 acres of woods. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's my happy place. But isn't that so interesting that we allow ourselves that in terms of a vacation destination? For me, mm-hmm. it would be the woods of Maine or on top of a mountain. For you, maybe today's flavor is Vegas. Yep. Isn't it interesting that we allow ourselves that definition of success for our vacation, but we don't allow ourselves that variety of success as it looks in terms of private practice in dentistry. Yeah, very good. Medicine. We really should be allowing ourselves the same variety of options and completely different perspective as a business owner or a practitioner, maybe not even a business owner. Maybe it's being an associate as your highest level of success. Because that is defining for you and fulfilling all those wants and worthwhile pursuits. But isn't that interesting that we haven't evolved yet, and that's, I know, yours and my mission, to give ourselves that permission of variety of success. Yes, there are. And again, I go back to the great Mark LeBlanc, who uh, I wouldn't be me if it weren't for a batch of teachers who came along at the right times in my life. But Mark also teaches, and I preach this hard, there are more than two right answers. And I think one of the problems that we have in the great world of social media, the wonder, the media, you and I would not be together if it weren't for social media. But one of the problems we have in interpreting it is that we see DSOs taking over the world. We see people preaching and and screaming from the mountaintops that you better take X, Y, and Z insurance, or you better keep your prices low. Or you better do this because this is the way I made my gazillions of dollars that you think I have, the happiness that you think I have. No, there are more than two ways 
to create a dental practice, a professional dental practice where you can do good while doing well. There's still that beauty and that freedom in our profession. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you touched on that point of doing good. That for me is what we all want. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to be a terrible dentist or I want to be a terrible mom. Right. We wake up with that desire where we want to be our very best. And what we forget is taking care of ourselves is the way to do that. Yes. Actually, it's we think it's the opposite. We think that we can when we do good, then we'll be our best. But that's not the point. The point is when we take care of ourselves, that's when we can do good. I always say, as so many of my listeners know, when you feel good, you can do good. Yes. So the question is, what is it that makes you feel good? Taking the time to identify it's Vegas, it's Maine, (laughs) it's, you know, whatever, it's working two days a week or it's working. Hey, some some years I loved working seven days a week because it was such a passion and I was in a state of flow and it was giving me so much energy. And the only thing that takes us away from that enjoyment is the self-judgment and comparison to others. Yes. What what I've looked at as I've gotten more and more introspective as I get older and I have some really uh, serious slash wonderful decisions to make Mm. about where I'm going. Um, You know, I'm gifted with some pretty good genetics, I think. And I'm gifted with some pretty good health, I think. So I have to work on that assumption. But as I introspect more and more, I look, I I get up in the morning and I check in, how am I feeling? Mm. And there are days when I am dragging there are days when I still have a little bit of PMD, perpetually miserable dentist inside of me. And then I examine why. And then I ask myself, okay, guy, what are you going to do about it? And that's the key right there. As uh, we talked about previously, I'm not going to let my circumstances define me. I'm going to let them refine me. So what kind of little course correction am I going to make? And one of the things that I have decided um, don't tell anybody, please. Uh, every all of our listeners, shh. I'm going to cut back to two days a week clinically, um, uh, come hell or high water. And there is a little bit of risk in doing that, um, but the reward of my sanity and my prosperity inside, my success inside, I think depends on that. Yeah. And I'm going to cut back without cutting back. Uh, my hygienist, my assistant, or the front desk girl that I sleep with, their salary or benefits. Well, mm-hmm. ben- well, benefits, different story with my wife. No, don't say that, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about that is, um, and and in our in our previous conversation, and so please, if you're catching the second half of our conversation, please listen to the first half because please. it was there were some great nuggets in there as well. But- Even if it takes you three listens, listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> um, one of the um, one of the things we mentioned was curiosity, and and when you're talking about this idea of cutting down to two days a week, what if it was the best thing you ever did in your life? You know, yeah. what if this was the the decision that allowed you to be 
more successful than ever before. Yes. What if by making this courageous step, you actually stumbled on greater efficiency, greater, you know, greater perspective in terms of time, Mm -hmm. greater perspective in terms of honoring those moments when you are with your patients, they're now more precious than they were before. The value of those hours in the chair is even greater. Yes. So I love that idea of bringing curiosity into desire when there's a desire that we have and maybe a little fear peeks around the corner because of the hangover of comparison, the hangover of self-judgment, but maybe combating it with curiosity about possibility. And who is to say that you can't take a look at it, that I can't take a look at it six months or a year from implementation and say, if this isn't the best thing, then uh, what am I going to do about it? And, and refine it and course correct again. Yeah. You see, I think we forget our power to course correct. And it's so interesting because we've been doing it our whole lives. Yep. It doesn't matter where we stand in terms of our perception of our success. We've been facing problems and challenges our whole lives. Yes. Every single one of us. And yes. we've been course correcting all along. We just keep forgetting to give ourselves credit for it. Yes. Wow. You know, look back. You actually made it through COVID. I mean, give yourself a hand if you made it through COVID. That's right. Is every single one of our listeners right now, whether That's you right. made it through with whatever you perceive as success or failure, you made it through. Don't use that word. And every single one of us have huge lessons that we learned through that experience. I, that's the one F word I don't allow in my life. Failure. Yeah. Others in New Jersey are fine. They're learning experience. They <laughs> learn so much. See, it's so interesting because I love that word, but that's only because I've changed my thought about the word. Good. And my, my perception of the word is whenever I have a perceived failure, and I know this is how you feel as well, Alan, is... It's a learning opportunity. Exactly. I think it was Nelson Mandela, who, by the way, another incredible great man who had so much reason to buy into a victim mentality. Yeah. I mean, this man was oppressed. His generations before him were oppressed in my country of origin and imprisoned completely unfairly. And he still said, I never lose. I either win or I learn. That's it. That's that's brilliant. And I mean, we're talking about a man who was imprisoned for most of his life. And he had that perspective of, like you said, there is no failure. I either win or I learn from my situation. And really, isn't that what we've been doing our whole lives long? We've been choosing to either win or learn, or perhaps at some points we've chosen to fail. And to get that perception of failure, but we can always choose again and choose a more empowered state or a new, more empowered perspective. Well, I'll I'll um, I'll loosen up my language a little bit, and I, I think in that failure is an opportunity. And everything, every instance where I have fallen on my face, uh, clothes tattered and muddied, yeah, I found a way and. In all but the most catastrophic, God forbid, horrible diseases, I think one can find a way. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a friend who um, was an amazing, uh, successful, and wonderful orthopedic surgeon, 
who came down with a debilitating disease that wound him up in a wheelchair. And his teacher and an artist. Mm. Uh, even there, there are seeds of opportunity. Every bit of adversity that I have dealt with has caused something good to happen. Yeah. Um, this better, richer, stronger thing I'm doing happened in the wake of my mother's passing. Yeah. And so you, you just have to open your eyes and look and choose. You, it, it's in the choice. It's how you feel about anything at any given time. Evaluate it and make up your mind either to embrace it or change it. Yeah. And or change it. Absolutely. Wow. What a great way to end this discussion here, Alan. Yeah. I love it. I love that power of choice that we all have. I love that yeah. perspective that at any moment we have a choice of how we perceive our reality. Yep. So let's resolve, Taryn, to continue together yes. uh, on some kind of basis to bring out the best in our dentist friends and even in members of the dental community. I've evolved from team to community now because in our office, we have each other's backs all the time. And let's see how we can make the world happier, better, richer, and stronger. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for joining us here today and for engaging in this conversation and being open to a new perspective and a new definition of success. Thank you for allowing me into your life, Taryn. And thank you, listeners, for allowing me, for spending time with me and allowing me to occupy a little bit of yours. Thank you. Until next time. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Business of Happiness podcast. When you prioritize your own happiness and healing, you can be better for everyone else. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to share it with a colleague and elevate their day. And if you'd like more insight and support, join me in our private Facebook group, The Business of Happiness Hive. And until next time, remember... When you feel good, that's when you can do good. Bye-bye.